All right. Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. In the immortal words of George Grand, hi, hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Hunt for Reds October podcast. I'm your host, Coop. And today, we got some fresh meat with us today. Cam, say hello. Hey, everybody. What's up? How's everyone doing tonight? Good, good, good. That's good. All right. We also have Emily with hey, us. Cam, are you wearing a guest, are you wearing a guest shirt? Okay. No, I'm wearing a Nike hoodie right now. Good for you. I'm proud of you. All right. Fashion time is over. Uh, Emily. <laughs> How are things? Hey, hey, Coop. Things are good. How are you? Good, good, good. Borf. Borf, good. how's life treating you? Life's good. I, life's always been good. And then we also got Branch on with us. Branch, how's it hanging? Really good. Kind of cold, but good. I gotcha. All right. Well, without further ado, let's jump into some hot fucking stove. Just recently, the stove has decided to warm up a little bit. Uh, there's a report that the Padres are looking to make a deal for Corey Kluber and perhaps try to flip him to the Reds for Nick Senzel. Branch, how does that hit you? Uh, uh, I'm on the fence hard there. I, I'm leaning to no because of the age of Corey Kluber. And and that's really it. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, I said I'm I, right now I don't think I would do it. Yeah, I'm on the fence, really, I mean, barely on one side of the fence on this because of uh, the, the age on Corey Kluber. It, it bothers me just enough. If uh, if it was if he was two years younger, I'd be like, yeah, let's go. You know, but that, that 32 number is bothering me a little bit there. And But it wouldn't take much to nudge me over, and I, it, if it does happen, it's probably not a bad thing. Uh, what do you think, Borf? Borf? What? What do you think of Senzel for Kluber? Absolutely not. I think if Senzel's the trades, the, the, the keystone of the trade, I don't think you do it. Um, I think you can get Kluber for a little bit less than Senzel and Trammell. Um If you give up your top two prospects, I think it's a fail. Because uh, I don't see the – I don't personally – I'd love to see the Reds compete in – in 2019, but I don't see them being a playoff team in 2019. So for them to make that kind of deal this year, it doesn't make sense to me. Emily, what do you think? I don't think it'll actually happen. So I like, I think the odds of it, I think it's just too many factors going into it. I don't see the Reds actually pulling the trigger on this. Because it is quite Kluber, but just with, like Branch was saying, his age... And them having to give up, like Worf was saying, two of their top I don't see it happening. Realistically, I think this is just all talk. Cam. Yeah, I, I don't think Dick Williams would ever give up Senzel or Kluber, but honestly, I would consider giving up India if that's something they're interested in for Kluber, because, I mean, you got to think, 
Kluber. He's he might be thirty two, but he's still one of the best, if not the best pitcher in baseball right now. Yeah, I mean I'd give up India in a heartbeat. I just don't know if that if that would strike the Indians as something that they would want to do because I believe early yeah. in the offseason they asked for both Sinzel and Trammell Trammell, however you say it. That's that's just not happening. I, I wouldn't mean, give up Trammell for anybody, I'm, honestly. I'm, to me, Tramiel Mike is, to me, Tramiel is the most untouchable of the group. If I, no, I like could it's... not, agree, I could not agree more with you, with you, Coop. I really couldn't. I think, I think Tramiel is the star out of out of the top five prospects. I really think that Tramiel is the guy that is going to be a staple in your lineup for five to ten years. Uh, I don't, I don't know why. I just, for to me, that's the most excited. I've been about a prospect in the last 10 years, really. Um, well, the other thing to, the other thing to consider is we've, we've all this whole off season when we've talked about Kluber, uh, and what it would take to get him, we've been talking in terms of what the Indians would want, but if the Padres swing a trade and then want to flip him, it's what do the Padres want? Exactly. The Padres have two stud, uh, outfielders that that just broke into the majors, uh, and my memory is lapsing right now on what their names are. But Pattis is one of them, right? Will so they probably would not be after Trammell is hard, since you know they've got their own stud outfielders. So what would the Padres be looking for? Um, let's start with you, Branch. They they want a third baseman. I mean, that's that plain and simple. That's what Which they is need. Why Sinzel's name's coming up? That's why Sinzel's name's coming up, and that's why Suarez was mentioned earlier by the Padres. It's, all this is coming from the Padres, but uh, it's you know it's not really going to happen, and you know we can't really do anything with the Indians straight up because they don't need a third baseman if the industry's seeing Sinzel still as a third baseman. Right. Yeah, you know, they got Lindor sitting over there. I don't think he's going anywhere. What do you think, Borf? Uh, I think a, a third baseman is a it's a good sell to the Padres right now. But the only guy you got to sell is Senzel or Suarez. And if you see either of those guys being as an immediate impact to your future team, you don't get rid of them. Um, I think that I I think the Padres are always in an awkward situation because they're in a big market, but they're also not in a good market. So they have to they have to attract some big name talent there and they have to think, with what they've got going on right now they got to be really really creative with what they want to do in terms of getting prospects in there and big name talent so i don't i don't know that they have the prospects or the money to get what we have right now cam yes i think the padres definitely want a third baseman but i, I really don't think it's a good idea to give up Senzo or Suarez because Suarez is signed through 2024. Senzo is obviously going to be a big impact, hopefully this year and for many years to come. And I don't, I, I just don't think it's worth giving up either, either one of them, honestly. Well, to me, of the whole organization, Suarez is the most untouchable because he's entering his prime and signed to a long-term team-friendly contract. Yeah, very uh, cheap. Totally. Uh, 
I would also include uh, Trammell in that, and then probably Jesse Winker after that. He's an on-base machine. That's who I want at the top of the lineup. If they're if they're looking for pitching for Kluber, Emily, who would you be willing to give up? Hmm. Pitching for Kluber. Would you give up Santillan plus? Yeah. Yeah. I think I would. I think I'd be willing to give up Santillan um, just because, I mean, we're talking about a two-time Cy Young winner who's got at least two years left on his contract. you got to give up something to get him. It would hurt, but yeah. Yeah. No, it would. What about Hunter Green? You guys give up Hunter Green for him? I would deal Hunter Green and a heartbeat right now. Yep. It, it's too far off. I, if it gives you something you need now, yeah, because honestly in the Reds organization, Hunter Green isn't going to touch that field other than, you know, showing up for, you know, appearances and whatnot until probably at least the end of 2021. I agree. So do you give up? If if, if a trade for you, Real Mato comes up for the Marlins, do you trade Hunter Green for him? You know, Absolutely. with a long, with like a yes. scoop jet. Yeah, why not? Yeah, no, you do. Why you absolutely not? do. Why do you not? You know, someone like someone like you know Barnhart plus Green plus Jeanette for Real Muto. That gives you what two to three years of the best catcher in the league. You know, immediately improves your offense, gives Senzel a place to play every day. Also, immediately it frees up that Alfie where you get to play Kemp and Puig every day, and and Shebler gets a platoon with Kemp. The only problem I see there is I don't know if the Marlins would want Jeanette. I can you blame him? He's I mean, a real good flip. He's a good flip candidate. Somebody in a playoff team is going to lose a second baseman. Or well, have you would have. Well, I mean, the thing flip. is, you would have loved to see him go to the Yankees, but they just signed DJ LeMahieu. So what are we going to do about that? Well, why don't we uh, why don't we switch gears to that? Uh, Sonny Gray's name came up again. Uh, I think it was John Heyman on Twitter was saying that the Sonny Gray uh, talks have ramped up in his words prior to DJ DJ LeMahieu signing with the Yankees. You would think maybe a Jeanette for Gray swap would work, but now who who would be of interest to the Yankees that you'd be willing to give up? Let's start with Emily this time. What are the Yankees missing right now? Sorry, this is ignorance, but like, what do they need right now? I I would think maybe a center fielder, which I'm not giving up Trammell for Sonny Gray. Absolutely not. No. That's the thing with the Yankees is it? What do they need? They don't really need a ton. They really yeah. But they're every trade they're coming up with kind of Valerie. Right now. Do you trust Brian Cashman? That's all somebody it comes else. down to. Go ahead, Borf. Uh, do you trust Brian Cashman? That's what it comes down to because I think Brian Cashman is really, for one, well, he fucked the Reds with their Walter Chapman deal. We all know that. But, but I mean, is he going to fuck the Reds again? Is he going to fuck another team? So, I mean, can you really trust him with what the kind of prospects he's bringing to the table? So if we're going to do a deal with the Yankees, I just want to make sure we got some balls on the table and aren't going to turn over and be a little bitch. Well, to be fair, I think the Reds fucked themselves on the on the chat. And I, and I oh. do agree with you. I do agree with you there. But Brian Cashman also took advantage of the situation. Oh, absolutely. Which he absolutely should have. But I'm just saying that's what he did. Cam, who do you think uh, who do you think that would interest the Yankees that the Reds would be willing to give up for Sonny Gray? 
Honestly, I'm not sure. I mean, if they want a center fielder, we don't have really many center fielders to give up. I mean, <clears throat> Shebler might be able to play center field, but I, I don't think Shebler would be someone Dick Williams should give up. And how many years does Sonny Gray have left on his contract? Like one? Just one. Just, Just one. One year. He had a pretty bad year in 2018, and I don't think there's – many people that the Yankees would want that would be worth trading for just a year of Sonny Gray since who knows which Sonny Gray we're going to get. Well, the good thing with Sonny Gray is his, uh, his road splits were a lot better than his home splits last year. He's seen uh, the top pitch. Right. I don't know. Do you think like a TJ Friedel would do it? No, I wouldn't give up TJ Friedel for him, to be honest with you. I really would not. I like TJ Friedel. I thought that we got a steal out of him when we did the circumstances that we got him under, I thought were a really good deal. And I think he's a really under the radar, good outfielder that could be like a, he could probably be like a, a low key, really, really good fourth bench outfielder. He can make an impact on the club in 2020. He really could. Yeah. I, I agree with, I completely agree with that branch. Absolutely. I do. He's a guy that's overachieved in every aspect he's ever played in. Uh, has done really well, and it's always got great accolades from everyone he's played under. Uh, I think that he's, and again, the Reds got him in a steal because of the circumstances that he was under. He came out of the draft. Uh, it was something like that he, he wasn't eligible for the draft because of where he was in college. He was eligible to be a free agent. It was really strange. Um, I'd have to look into it more to give you all the details. But it was it was a strange circumstance. The Reds got him, and it was it was a pretty good deal. I think he got him like a third round, basically third round deal, essentially or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but I think he's a guy that that's going to be he's the guy that could really fly under the radar and be a decent outfielder in the in the MLB, if not with the Reds, but somewhere else in the next forty eight years. Do you think his bet? will allow him to start in the major leagues? That's a great question. I Truthfully, I don't, I don't know, to be honest with you. I really don't. He, he should start at Louisville this year, so we'll know a lot more in the next couple, couple months. Yeah, he, yeah he's, a, he's a higher-end product that he's going to, you know, he's going to excel where he can. So as, I think as long as he excels as, as high up as he can, he'll be fine. But what he does in the majors, I guess it's – what we can see. His ability to bunt's going to help him a lot, too. I hate the bunt. Yeah. I, I hate, hate the bunt, bunt, too, unless you can get on base with it all the time. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that he texts Jim Riggleman every day and says, hey, do you think I should bunt tonight? <laughs> if we're going to do a deal with the Yanks for Sonny Gray, I would like to make it a bigger deal and try to get our hands on Clint Frazier somehow because he's sitting there just wasting away in that system. Because that outfield they got right now, and and he's major league ready. I mean, he can he can make an impact right now. Can he play center field? Fair. Yes. At, yeah, at Great American, I'm sure you can find it. I don't know. Who else would you guys give up for? What did you say, Cam? You kind of broke up. Who else would you guys give up for Frazier in addition to Sonny Gray, other than Chad Long? If you get Gray and Clint Frazier, um, I mean, I think you give up a top ten prospect. And give up Friedel 
if you're going to do that. That's fine. I and I honestly I think that would be fine because I think at the end of the day I do think Friedel's a guy. He's a he's a high ceiling, low floor guy. He's a guy that may might bottom out, but also could have a great ceiling. So I think he's probably at the end of the day he's probably a fun guy to trade. Um, and I think I think he's a good prospect. So I think you get I think you get some good bites on him. We, I think we've got some other guys inside our top twenty that you could throw in there. That'd be okay. Right. Like maybe I agree. Do so. and, yeah. and and I'll always say this. I'm a big believer in the I think you you grow the pitching, you grow the, the bats, and you sell the pitching for the pitching. So I think I'm I'm a big believer in selling the low prospect pitching for established pitching. So like yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of yeah, let's put Hunter Green on the market. Put him out there. If if we get bites, let's trade him. I mean, he might be a great prospect. That's great, but I would rather trade him for an established starter that's going to last two or three years and you know establish the Reds as a dominant threat in the NL Central and possibly get us a pennant championship and maybe even a World Series championship. You never know. But I'm I'm a big believer in the let's grow it all and then sell the pitching for the pitching and grow the bats and and keep them in 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 house that's interesting uh when you talk about selling i'm gonna say i i thought it's interesting about selling pitching now pitching then for pitching now or selling pitching now for pitching then if that makes sense uh continuing that cycle well what i'm saying is yeah like let's sell the pitching prospects that we have now Mm -hmm. for that's established. That's what I. That's what. Yeah. That's my theory. Yeah, that was that was my very inarticulate way of saying that of selling the future prospect for the current commodity that's right. known. But I'm. But uh, but with that being said, I would much rather sell the pitching prospects and throw the bats and keep all the established offensive talent in-house. Like, I really liked what the, the Astros did over the last five to six to seven years where they they kept a lot of their in-house offensive talent here, you know, with their organization and then sold off some of their pitching talent to get more established pitching talent. Um, I really liked that model. Um, I don't know if that model works for everybody, but I think it's a good model to look at. But I think that you... But I think that at the end of the day, the name of the game is acquiring talent. And if you have an abundance of pitching talent and you can trade some of that pitching talent away for established talent that immediately approves your ball club, I think that's something that you seriously need to look at. And I think that's the position the Reds are currently in. If they want to win in 2019 and if they do not want to win in 2019 – it's something they seriously need to look at for 2020. Because that's the issue we're in right now. Let's say they want to win in 2019, and if they don't want to win in 2019, then 2020 is the damn Emily, wrap this one up. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> Not to throw you on the spot or anything. I agree with what you said about the Astros model, and I don't know if that necessarily would work with um, the Reds in Cincinnati, but I don't hate it. I think that you know, the Reds have a lot of, you know, w- w- with all of 
the arbitration stuff that just happened, a lot of short contracts that are about to either, you know, end next year or end in 2020. And I feel like if they're making a lot of strong moves now to prove that they do want to try to win and I support it. I don't know, guys. I just, my head's spiraling right now, but yeah. I got you. I got you. So let's, uh, let's change topics and get in some, uh, listener questions, not to be confused with the Red Leg Nation podcast where they do viewer questions. Shout out to Chad and Jason and, uh, Doug. First question comes from Woo the Reds. Wu wants to know, are you hiring? Asking for Todd. Well, this podcast is free, and I don't get paid for it, and I know you all don't get paid for it, so I don't think that would help uh, Todd's situation. Poor Todd. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for him. So the next question comes from Jamie Dyke. Jamie Dyke one on Twitter. Chances the Reds sign Dallas Keuchel. I'm going to go, if I had to put a percentage on it, I'm going to say 20% chance the Reds sound, sign Dallas Keuchel. Let's go around the uh, table here. Start with Borf. Borf. Okay, how about Cam instead? I think that it's a bit better than 20. I'm guessing like around 40%, honestly. I think Dick Williams really wants them. And I think it's getting to around that time where they're going to start bringing talks up a little more like earlier in the offseason. So, I mean, I'm hoping they can get it done. I like Keiko a lot, especially in Great American Ballpark. Strong ground ball pitcher. What was his ground ball percentage? Anyone know? Right at fifty percent. Fifty percent, yeah, that's that would be a big time help in Grand American. Branch, and what's your the Reds oh, still need one more pitcher? It's like that's all it. Branch, what's your percentage chance of Dallas Keuchel? I'm going to say about seventy right now, actually, because I think really? uh, the whole market's held up because of Harper and Machado, and Harper's going to make a make a decision in the next week. I feel. And once that's done and he takes that huge amount of money that the Phillies are event, are going to offer him, and they haven't yet for some stupid reason. They flew out to Vegas and met with him and didn't even take the checkbook. I don't know what that was about. Um, but they're, once that's done and he goes to the Phillies, that takes away the big money deal that Keiko's wanting. And he's, he's going to come back to the Reds at a big money deal, but I think he'd rather be in Philly. Or get that Philly money, that, that stupid money that their owner said they were going to be in. Emily? Um, I'm going to go with like probably 40%. I don't see it actually happening. I think that so I, I think that he will sign with someone as soon as Harper figures out what he's doing, but I don't think it's with the Reds. Uh, piggybacking off of that, uh, another question came from Joey at Buckeye Joe 6 would you sign Keiko to a front-loaded contract, something along the lines of four years, $75 million with a club option that can become vesting with health that would turn into five years, $95 million. Uh, something like a 30, 15, 15, 15, and a $20 million option with just overpaying this year? I, I don't know if Keiko would go for that. I'm thinking he's looking for six years. 
And if he goes five, he's going to want it fully guaranteed and not a vesting option. Uh, and I think you're looking at well north of $100 million even at five years. Uh, Emily, you start us on that one. Can you uh, repeat it, Branch? Or not Branch, Coop. Coop, I'm sorry. I missed the first half of that. Oh, uh, would you sign Keigel to a front-loaded contract with a fifth-year vesting option if he would take it? Uh, I don't think he would take it. Are we getting Koi Kluber or? <laughs> no. Um, this would just be Keiko in a uh, in a vacuum. Keiko in a vacuum. Uh, no, I would not do it. But. I got you, Cam. Yeah. I'd consider it. It just all depends on on like what Keiko's willing to do, obviously, and I think when it gets to the time, he'll be more desperate since. I mean, how many teams are in on him right now? Does anyone know? Like four, maybe? See, I don't know uh, if we even know how many teams are on him. Because I know, last I heard, the Reds were one of like the biggest ones in on him, and eventually the, the, he's, he's going to crack. Hello. Oh, Kev. Kev, hi. Hey, Kev. Hey. The latest from, uh, I believe it was Rosenthal this weekend, is there's, I think, five teams, maybe six. That might have been Heyman, too, so that, that could be wrong, actually. But I want to say it was five or six teams. We're still in on him. I got you. Kev, since you just joined, uh, the question from our listener uh, questions, uh, would would you sign Keiko to a front-loaded contract with a vesting option for a fifth year, and would Keiko even take that? Uh, I would sign him to that, especially because I know they're not going to say a lot in the media, but I've heard a lot that, they have money coming in because of the new contracts and the TV contracts and all that. And of course they've said they have money. So load it up, get a, get a mutual thing. I, I think he might be willing to agree with it after the Phils make a big move. If the Phils get in and get Harper or Machado, they're not going to pay for Keiko. And I think we're the only one left willing to at that point. And so at that, if we're the only one offering a contract and we offer him four with a option for five, he might be willing to take it. It's just hard for me to see him taking a four-year deal. Oh, yeah. Um, I think there's going to be a team that's going to offer him five fully guaranteed without that vesting option. I don't know. I think it's going to take at least five to get him. That's just my opinion. I could be Yeah. Wrong. I mean. But I don't think I don't think the Reds would go past five, but I think they'd be willing to go step up five. I think they're just holding their breath until the Phillies do something. But I think the Reds wouldn't do wouldn't do Homer Bailey's contract again at all. And when you start talking five ninety five five one oh five, and they're going to be gun shy of that right now. And I mean, rightfully so. Uh, yeah, Keuchel's numbers were not spectacular the last two years. Like you said, Branch, you're basically going to have to repeat Homer Bailey's contract. Yeah, and that's the reason I, I still think that they probably offered somewhere around four for eighty four, eighty five, somewhere in that. Area. Yeah, general vicinity, which is probably a decent contract and probably what he's going to end up with, unless the team adds that fifth year and another twenty million on it. Right. All right, Borf, are you still here? Borf is gone. All right. On let's brand. To, on brand. Yeah. Let's get our uh, our last. Uh, we only had a handful of uh, questions this week. This comes from Brian Rayburn at Ryan RP zero five on Twitter. Uh, when will you have me on as a guest? 
thus boosting not only ratings, but also male attractiveness. Wow. I think I'll just get dragged. Um, first of all, Ryan, we're sexy enough as it is. Uh, second of all, yeah, we'd be willing to open it up for uh, some fan uh, co-hosts of the podcast. Uh, why don't we go around uh, the uh, the panel here? Who would you, out of our uh, Twitter uh, friends, who would you want to see on the podcast co-hosting one week? Uh, you start first, Emily. Oh my god, I was hoping that you wouldn't pick me because I could go uh, creep on some Twitter people. But I, I want to bring in um, Casey. KY Red Snow. Yeah. Casey you took mine. Is, mm-hmm. Casey's <laughs> going to be on a future podcast. Yeah, Casey's awesome. Tonight. She is awesome. Uh, but she will be on a future podcast. I'm also trying to get Storm Chaser Nick on. Awesome. Oh, yes. Ooh, yes. So, that needs that. <laughs> so, Cam, who would you want uh, co-hosting other than yourself? No, I like I like Matt a lot, obviously. And if not Matt, maybe uh, you can get Old Haas in here. Yes. Uh, Matt Alaire. He's he's like all famous and stuff. I don't know. We might be too small for for Matt's circle of influence. Oh, he loves you guys. He better. <laughs> Brian, I mean, who do you want? Uh, well, my first response was going to be Casey, Kentucky Reds gal. For listeners that don't know, um, shoot. yeah, we love Casey. Yes, yeah. Kelly Gretchen. Kelly Gretchen. Okay. Um, let's see. Kev, who would you want on? You know I want to have Todd on. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen, though. Come on. We just got to keep him from talking jazz the whole time, and he'll he'll be good. All you got to do is say Pwig, and he'll scream for an hour. <laughs> Great content. Yes. I mean... I guess. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, I guess it's probably going to be our Matt Damon. Jimmy Matt Kimmel. Damon. Jim- Matt yeah, Damon. Matt Damon thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, guest I would want to have on from the Twitterverse. Um, maybe uh, Jamie Ramsey. We could ask him some questions. Uh, or... Draft killer today. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jim Day would never come on. Uh, Jim Day, for you, for you all that don't know, Jim Day hates me. Uh, Why? Because I, I made one little joke about him killing a giraffe, and it went, and people started, you know, running with it, and he doesn't, he didn't like that. I mean, I mean, he's a giraffe a, killer. I mean, he You're just spreading facts. I mean, it happens, just like Tony Stewart to murderer. What about Sam LeClure? Sam LeClure, I think he'd be on. He 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 responded to one of my tweets earlier while we were logging on here. Uh, my line of tweets. Oh. would be awesome. Sam is awesome. I, I think Pitt, he would do it. I think Pitch would be awesome too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, should be great. So, speaking of uh, the tweet that Sam LeClure responded to. Uh, I tweeted out earlier what my projected Reds lineup would be if I was in charge. And uh, let me pull that up and we'll talk about that. So 
my projected lineup would be Jesse Winker and Wright leading off. This is if there's no other uh, major deals bringing in yeah. position players. So Winker and Wright leading off. Votto at first, hitting second. Suarez at third, hitting third. Puig in center, hitting fourth. Sinzel at second base, hitting fifth. Kemp in left, hitting sixth. Peraza at short, hitting seventh. Barnhart at catcher, hitting eighth. Now, I'm assuming that Scooter Jeanette is traded in this scenario to put Sinzel at second base. So let's start with uh, Cam. Cam, what's your projected 2019 Reds lineup if there's no other position players added? Uh, leading off, I really hope it's Jesse Winker, obviously. Uh, second, I think we could bump Votto up to number two. I mean, I think he's lost a lot of his power, and I think number two would be a good spot for him. See, I, my my thinking in batting Votto second is that you get him a couple extra at-bats every week, and I want him getting as many at-bats as possible because he gets on base at an incredible rate. Anyway, continue. All right, I'd have Eugenio Suarez at number three. Number four, Yasiel Puig, because he's going to destroy the ball in Cincinnati, hopefully. Number five, uh, Scooter Jeanette, number five. Now six, I don't know. Kemp or Shebler, I think. Peraza there. Sorry, Jose. Hope he's not listening. <laughs> All right. Uh, Branch, give us your lineup. All right, I'm going to go with Winker. Batting leadoff, playing left field. I'm going to go with... Um, uh, we're going to go with Sinzel. Going second. <laughs> we're going to do a uh, Joey at three. And... Um, I'm going now. This is tough for me because we're coming up with two righties. I'd like to stay righty lefty, but I'm probably going to go Suarez then Puig. Go go uh, four with Suarez. Go five with Puig. Um, then hit uh, and Puig's going to play right because that cannon of an arm is going to be nice to have out there. Um, then we're going to look at uh, Scooter, then Peraza, then Ben Barnhart. That would be my, my daily eight basic. And uh, I hate to say it, but I'd have Shebler uh, and Kemp on the bench. And that's that's assuming Kemp's even makes it to the to opening day. Uh, Emily, what's your lineup? Mine looks fairly similar to uh, Sam McCarris. I have Peraza leading off, and then Joey. Uh, I'm a bit torn on who I have in my number three spot. I'm entertained with the idea of Gino, but I think if we keep Scooter, maybe he's number three. I don't, I don't like the idea of Joey being in the three spot for a few reasons. Age, power. Um, I think so, it might have been YouTube tweeted earlier that with him being in the three spot or with him being in the two spot, he gets more playing time, maybe. Mm-hmm. No, he gets more. He'll get a couple more bats a week. Yeah, a couple more at bats a week. Yeah. So I, I like the idea of, he, of him being second. I think just for you know your average run of the mill lineup, I'll put Gino in third, and then definitely Scooter right after him. Let me see. Who am I missing? And then probably 
Puig. I have Tucker in my seventh spot, actually. Not eighth. Um, but then Winker. And I, actually, I think maybe Kemp in eighth and then the pitcher. So Matt, Matt Kemp eighth? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Actually, now that I'm rethinking it. Yeah, I know. Put Kemp seventh and then Tucker eighth and then the pitcher. I got you. Yeah. Kev, you're up. Uh, I'm I'm leaning more towards what Branch said. I'm a I'm a big fan of Winker and uh, Sinzel one two and then Votto. I think he's got one more year at three. This seems like one of those uh, bounce back years for him, where he he sees where he ended up with his power last year, and he has one more power output about 25 or 30 bombs and uh after that it could go in so many ways i i'd love to have Puig Puig four but you really can't move Puig ahead of uh, suarez right now so i'd i'd go suarez then Puig. um six yeah um it just gets into i I I still I'm not that much sold on on Jose Peraza, but I know Barnhart would bat eight, and it's basically Peraza, um, and uh, Camp slash Shebler, back and forth. Yeah, um, one thing that uh, has not been brought up. Uh, everybody talks about Jose Peraza is entrenched at shortstop. One, could Jose Peraza play center field? I think he can. Uh, and two, could he possibly be traded, therefore putting Nixon Zell at shortstop? Anybody wants to jump in? It seems like they pumped the brakes on that one pretty hard. I mean, I think yeah. it's danger. You know, because Senzel, that's the thing. Senzel, like, if you put his bat in right or left field, it doesn't look that great. You know, uh, with what his skill set's going to be, and you it, center field it plays pretty good. Shortstop it plays fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and he's naturally uh, a third baseman, and he's he did play some shortstop, I believe, in college. Uh, but I think that would be a more natural position for him than sticking him in center. According to his college coach, he can play short. But apparently, according to somebody, people in the Reds organization, he can't. And nobody's ever come right out and said that, but it went from like, oh, maybe he can, to nope, he can't. And so yeah, who I mean, knows who made that decision? Didn't the Reds start Jeff Kepinger at shortstop for at least a year? I yeah. know he can play shortstop. And yeah. if you just punt it down the road a year, he just needs to get in the lineup. I don't care where he plays. But, yeah, I'd love for him to be either at shortstop or center field. I know he's a third baseman, and I think he'll eventually be at third base. But uh, who knows? I remember the year the Reds started Jeff Branson at shortstop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that wide-open batting stance. Yeah. So, and I remember them having Todd Walker and his concrete feet at second. If Dunn would have been better over there. Right. So... <laughs> And I don't know what kind of value Praza has. I mean, he's he's been already been dealt twice, and he's starting to come into his own. So, do you really want to trade him when he's coming into his own? You know, there's questions there. Um, 
also he's still so young. It's, he's just right. so young. Yeah, I mean he's he's basically Nixon Zell's age. Yeah, he's a baby. So, and he's been around for a while. Right. I, I need I need Peraza to have a big year, and there's a lot of people that say he's going to. Hello, Jer. I really <laughs> need him to have a big year for me to be sold on him. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I'm looking at who's the future of shortstop we have. Everybody would have argued that it was Jeter Downs, but he's no longer with the team, and apparently they they think that we've got it taken care of. I don't think Alfredo Rodriguez will ever play a having at bat in the major leagues. He looks, from what I've heard, he can't hit the. He's worse than Billy Hamilton at hitting. That that was a wasted. Uh, oh, that six was million. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, terrible, terrible deal. Our farm I mean, system is definitely the weakest at short. Do they do they give India a shot? That seems to be the case right now. Maybe. I yeah, think, I think he like Senzel. I think he could handle short. He 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 played more short in college than Senzel did. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hot take he, our our best minor league shortstops pitching. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean. Um, well, and then when you're talking about our minor league, I say our, the Reds minor league depth, seems to be stacked in the outfield. Outside of Trammell, you've got people like Stuart Fairchild and Siri and uh, uh, Friedel uh, and a couple others, uh, Michael Beltre. It seems to be the middle infield now that Jeter Downs has been dealt where if outside of Sinzel in India, who else is coming up? Uh, I mean, you know, you got Shed Long. Would you would you entertain trading Shed Long knowing that you that he's basically your your middle infield prospect outside of the uh, outside of your top two in Sinzel in mm-hmm. India? Maybe because second basemen are cheap right now. Yeah. I mean, right now the market is flooded with second basemen and they are cheap. Well, the the Reds do have a guy that nobody's talking about because he hasn't really had a chance to play. What is his name? Uh, Garcia? Is it Jose Garcia? Oh yeah, Jose. Yeah, from, yeah, uh, yeah, Cuba. yeah, yeah, Cuban yeah. Guy. yeah. Yeah, that that guy can play, and if he if he shows any hit skill this year, then he'll fly up the boards. Yeah, his glove definitely plays. And I trust I trust his swing way more than Alfredo. Oh, Alfredo Rodriguez. Like I said, I thought that was a wasted six million to begin with. I don't. I don't know what the thinking was in that deal. I still don't. Real Mato, maybe. Real Mato. <laughs> <laughs> that is something fun to think about with your lineups. It, is we all pretty much had Tucker either seventh or eighth. Uh, imagine trying to figure out. This just shows how good this team is going to be offensively or can be. Try putting Ramuto in in yeah. there somewhere. Oh jeez! Oh, you put him forth. I mean, really. <laughs> Good luck pitching. <laughs> if, if for some reason, and I think it's like a zero point zero two percent chance, but if the Reds were able to swing a deal for Real Muto, I think he bets cleanup, uh, and then you just move everybody down a notch. Yeah, man. But it's fun to think about, isn't it? <laughs> think of that murder's row of Vado, Suarez, Real Muto, Puig. Man. Oh. And then the possibility of Sinzel and or Jeanette behind that. Yeah, and Tre- Tremel will be up by next year, maybe. Yeah. That's the hope. 
Because when you think of when you think of 2020, Matt Kemp's not going to be here. Maybe. Um, if everything we, goes right. Right. There's going to be some openings on the roster in 2020 because of all of these guys that are on one-year contracts. I mean, if you don't, I and I hope they don't re-sign Scooter, but Jeanette would be gone. Uh, Kemp would be gone. Possibly Puig. So you would have a lot would. of openings in 2020. But, you know, we still I wrote a $40 million dollars like that. Right. Both Wood and Roark. Yeah. Yeah, you got Wood and Roark also on one-year contracts. There's $60 million. Now you add in the 25 that basically we're still paying for Kemp and Bailey. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's a lot of money next year. A lot of money um, coming off the books. So that'll be well, interesting. You, you'd like to hope that they sign at least one of those guys, maybe Wood, to a two- or three-year extension, something. Honestly... The one player I would sign to an extension right now is Puig. Oh, Puig. Puig is going to bring them. Um, what did you? Did anybody else see Citrin's tweet today? No. He um he's in Cuba apparently, and some guy um asked asked him where he was from, and he said he was from yeah. San Diego. He goes, Yasiel Puig. <laughs> yep. So they they know the res now because of Yasiel Puig. He's a Multi-international superstar. I give Puig five and a hundred without skipping a heartbeat. Oh yeah, yeah, right now. Yeah, we'll for it. sure. Emily, <laughs> would you do that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm just listening to y'all talk right now. I feel like I don't sound. I feel like I don't sound very smart tonight. So, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> you got things about tomorrow you're focusing on. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Puig is already right. like completely embracing Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. His Instagram is amazing. Everyone needs to follow Yasiel Puig. Oh, he's, he's, he's the best. A lot of people don't know. Do you know players aren't supposed to – it's one of those stupid unwritten rules about not wearing your, your stuff out in <laughs> – wearing, wearing your team colors out and about when you're not playing, when you're not in uniform. Puig don't care. Puig don't care, and I love it. He doesn't care at all. Did you all see him uh, – he was, uh, he, they were, the other day, he was racing golf carts in Hawaii. Yeah. Yes. God, I love me some Puig. Puig wow. is, Puig is the best Instagram red since Johnny Cueto. Oh, Johnny Cueto. Oh my God, Johnny Cueto. With, riding his horse. Red boots. <laughs> and a like, hat with, a hat with his own face on it. Random <laughs> shot of, random shot of Johnny Cueto in his bed. <laughs> no shirt. Gosh, it, it, it's got to be. It's. I'm. I'm waiting for. I'm, something needs to happen. I, this whole Barber Machado thing got me dying. I want to see this team kind of come together so we know what we got coming this spring training. Killing me. What if the Reds just shock everybody and sign Machado tonight? That would be yeah, it. Bye bye, Jose Peraza. <laughs> I wouldn't sleep for three days. <laughs> oh gosh. Madeleine would come on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, basically, it's just like getting another Suarez, because if you look at him and Suarez's numbers, I mean, his numbers are better than Suarez's, but they're not that much better. Yeah, but... but they're not $300 million better. We need a, we need a do-over of the Cardinals and Reds brawl from 2010. Yes, yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> that, that was a bit too... Uh, that brought that team together. We all hate Yadier. Yeah, he's a toilet. I'm going to puke the day he gets in the Hall of Fame. 
Oh, he's going in. Oh, I know he is. And it's not just Cardinal hatred. He's just not that damn good. He's not got that good of numbers. Well, Buster Posey's Buster Posey's been better than him every year he's been in the league. Yes. Posey probably won't get in the first ballot, and Yadi will. Because riders like to feel cool because they like a guy with a neck tat. So, yeah. Do they know? Is that Honestly. It? <laughs> they, they just feel cool because, hey, this guy talks to me and he has a neck tat. I mean, neck most tat. people haven't seen a talking toilet, so. <laughs> so that'll about wrap it up for this edition of the Hunt for Reds October podcast. Cam, any parting thoughts? Go Reds. Let's hope we can have a good 2019. Maybe compete for the playoffs and just get ready for 2020. All right, Emily, any parting shots? I promise you guys I have genuine intelligent thoughts on the Reds. <laughs> they come out tonight. <laughs> but what Cam said. Let's go, Reds. Uh, Harper, Machado, shitter, get off the pot. Come on, you're holding up everything. <laughs> and Kev. Uh, this is the most excited I've been about the Reds for three or four years, so no matter what at this point, I'm looking forward to it, but if we get one more picture, it's going to be a special year, I feel it. Good deal. Well, for all my co-hosts here, we will talk to you all later and catch you on the flip side.